This is Financial Standard, the definitive source of news, thought leadership and analysis for Australian wealth management professionals. Financial Standard. Take the lead. I'm Cassandra Baldini. This is a Financial Standard podcast. According to Rainmaker Information, a recent surge in equities should boost returns for my super products by 9% fiscal year 2023. Industry funds are also posting solid returns despite economic challenges and key unlisted asset write-downs. With me today to discuss the reasons behind this is Rainmaker Information Executive Director of Research, Alex Dunnan. Alex, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. Can you walk me through Rainmaker's findings around superannuation returns, which are likely to outdo the long-run medium? Why the bounce back? Well, let's not overthink this. Superannuation has this uncanny knack of surprising us on the upside. It just does it all the time. And what's been going on in superannuation land over the last year is the doomers got a little bit carried away yet again. They they kind of confuse the capital markets with the real economy. And anyone who knows anything about financial markets, which is the kinds of things that super funds and other institutional investors put their money into, they invest into financial markets. They don't invest into the real economy. So we've got to we've got to get rid of this silly idea that just because there's inflation out there, just because there's concern about a possible recession in Australia, and the more you think about this, the less likely that appears, that somehow that's going to drag down superannuation because what's been happening in around the planet over the last year, there's been this massive surge in commodities. What does Australia export? Commodities. What's been really freaking out lots of investors? Surges in resources sector, surges in the energy sector, surges in food prices. Uh, that's a big part of the, the investment picture in Australia. And so while we've been so busy trying to talk ourselves into recession, talk ourselves into doom and gloom, the market started recovering towards the end of last year. And I've I got to admit, I was really shocked about this because I was starting to sort of drink the, the doom and gloom Kool-Aid a little bit myself. And then you start to think about, wow, some of these financial year-to-date returns even a few months ago were starting to look incredibly rosy. What's the big magic factor here? June last year, all the damage happened in June last year. That month, that month, in a single month, the share market went down by 8%. So, of course, that's going to be like lead in our saddlebags for rolling 12-month returns. But you take that terrible month of June out of the 12-month figures and you don't just get a slight recovery, you get a slingshot. And that's exactly what we're seeing. And so right now, even even May, even including the, the terrible month of June, financial year-to-date returns for my super products, uh, well, obviously that doesn't count the June, but financial year-to-date figures just after um, that terrible month as of May, so we've got 11 months, we're talking about average returns of 8%. You then add to that the, the June equity surge across the planet uh, and we could be talking of average returns of 8 to 9%. And, you know, we can debate what this forecast is, but yet again, superannuation's done its job. It just reminds us, if you're in a good fund, just kind of let the magic happen. Trust, trust the people running your fund to do a good job. If you don't trust them, get your money out of there and put it, give it to someone who actually knows what they're doing. But this is a, a fantastic story because it, it just surprises, it just kind of reminds us that a well-run super fund investing in the capital markets. It's just got this uncanny knack of delivering. And I just think it's such an amazing story. That's really interesting. So 
I guess Australia Super's default option achieved 8.22%, while CBUS 8.5% and ahead of them, both was Australian Retirement Trust returning 10% to my super members. I mean, did that follow the same trend in that case? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's great when you start to um, join a few dots and then reality catches up. And I, I kind of found that on one hand, really unsurprising, a relief on the other hand, because we don't want to be giving people misinformation. But again, these folks are riding the capital markets and what's happening in the markets does drive those funds. And I suppose the thing that I've just been struck by is I think we've we've been so busy trying to talk ourselves into a recession. Uh, Hopefully, this, you know, Australia could still slow down, but the capital markets are different. And we've also got to realise the share markets have been a bit slow through this year, when, I, when I'm talking about the first half of the calendar year. But the longer-term picture is actually remarkably rosy. Um, and yeah, But I still come back to the simple idea that super, when you let it sort of do what it's meant to do, it has this habit of looking after its members. The same thing happened after the global financial crisis. It was kind of uncanny. It only took about two years and super funds had recovered from that that terrible event. And the same thing has happened again. And again, you know, when the pandemic struck, we we all panicked. We thought the world was about to end and it kind of came close, actually. Um, and then reality kind of took over and then we all know what happened since then. But, uh, yeah, superannuation is having a nice little period now. It kind of reminds us that, on one hand, the superannuation sector is incredibly robust. We're having more money pouring into the market than ever. We've got all these efficiencies driving into the system through technology and everything else. We haven't begun to think about how AI is going to transform this industry. Uh, you've got a regulator that seems to have renewed vigour in its step and it's it's out wheeling baseball bats against super funds, particularly on greenwashing, green hushing and everything in between. But for the incumbents, it's quite terrifying because there's so much change out there. It's massive disruption all over the place. Be that as it may, the, the sector is actually doing what it's meant to do. It's actually delivering returns for fund members. Uh, it's doing it more cost efficiently than ever. Uh, and we haven't even begun to see the, the revolution that's about to happen on that front. And I think for a lot of a lot of people in the system, this should be really encouraging. But it also reminds us how volatile things are because 2021, best year for super ever, like ever. And when things are going well, what ha- what do we think as human beings? We think it's going to last forever. Next year was one of the worst, 2022, one of the worst years on record, about the fourth worst. And what happens when things are going bad? We think it's going to be like that forever. And it's never quite like that. In fact, we caught up with a, uh, a Rainmaker stakeholder at one of the major industry funds, and he, he says some very wise words to us. He said, when things are going well, you know it's going to get worse. And when things are going badly, you know it's going to get better. And funnily enough, that's exactly what's happened. So uh, this has been a, it's turning out to be a good financial year for super fund members. Uh, we haven't totally gone out of the woods because some parts of the bond market that retirees are very exposed to, they're gently recovering. But but the real story this year is equities. Uh, and because half the money in my super is invested into equities, it's just dragged people along. In fact, half the, half the assets we invest into 50% of my super products as a sector, I'm talking about not product by product, but as a sector, 50% of the money invested into my super has just achieved double-digit returns. I mean, the S&P 500, we're talking about 23%. The ASX total return index, we're talking 14%. I mean, that's just an incredible supercharging underneath the superannuation engine. We get a bit worked up about 
write downs in property, but we're probably overreading that because my super products aren't overly exposed to that sector. Uh, sure, it's going to hit, it's going to hit them, but also so much of the return from unlisted property doesn't come from the valuation. It actually comes from the income ledger. So it also shows us how there's a lot of misunderstanding and misinformation about those segments. And cash, cash is returning about 3% on average. Just got to look at what's happening in term deposits now where you walk down the street and you can walk into most banks to get a 5% risk-free return. So on one hand, we don't like inflation, but 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 there's good things happening underneath. Um, but we haven't fully recovered from the bond sector. But we've got to wait till interest rates start to at least stabilise and come down. But once that happens, I think we're off to the races. So we can contribute these results to the equity surge, but are they big returns or kind of just expected of the super industry? I think when the when the US stock market returns more than 20% and when the Australian stock market returns more than 10%, they are big returns. So I think the answer is, yes, funds invest in these things because they do, but those are pretty sizable returns uh, and that, you know, these are way above average. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to get it next year. So we'll have the boomers coming out saying, oh, it's, now it's going to be the end of the world. But let's also think about what's happened over the long run. The last last 10 years, we've had negative returns twice. The previous 10 years, negative returns twice. The previous 10 years, negative returns twice. So in the last 30 years, we've gone negative only six times. So that's that's not bad. That's not bad. It kind of means superannuation is doing what it's meant to do. And I think that's a testament to the industry. It's a testament to the way the government leads it. It's a testament to the way it's regulated. And it's also a testament to just the way people, the fiduciaries, the people running these funds, the fiduciaries are really trying to sharpen their pencils and be as good as they can be. And I think that's a great, it's really encouraging. There's also been a bit of debate over the accurate valuation of unlisted assets. And given such assets are a little unclear, how likely is it that funds are overvaluing assets and therefore seeing better returns? Like we're saying a couple of moments ago, unlisted property holdings within my super is actually nowhere big as we think mm. or as big as we might say. So I think we, a few of us are getting a little bit carried away there, maybe reading a few too many headlines, not actually looking at the hard data. Some funds really like unlisted assets, but also it's been a great asset class for the superannuation sector for multi-decades. Um, but also I think that sector is misunderstood. Uh, but the regulator is trying to tighten up the game there. Uh, we, there needs to be a lot more transparency in how valuations are done. But even even just say it comes off 5 or 10%, well, is that going to destroy superannuation? Nothing of the sort. Nothing of the sort. Uh, we've just had returns from, uh, you know, the states of more than 20%. So that means index funds, I mean, probably the real victims here are going to be active managers who aren't beating their indexes, and we know that's quite a challenge for many of them. Um, so this is probably going to encourage more people to put more money into indexing, ETFs, call it what you will. But I think this this idea that unlisted property valuations is somehow going to blow up the superannuation sector, I think that's a little bit ridiculous. Um, but we do need to understand how the valuations are done particularly who is doing them. But it's not the super funds making up these valuations because when super funds hold these unlisted assets, in almost the vast, vast, vast majority of cases, they hold it through an investment manager. So stop picking on the super funds here. You should be picking on the fund managers doing the valuations. 
so to me, that again highlights how th- that kind of investing is really misunderstood. Fair point, Alex. I mean, looking ahead and uh, giving a bit of a macro view, do you think these positive returns, you know, will continue over the next few years? See, you're, you're drinking the, the doom of glu- uh, Kool-Aid already. <laughs> Look, my mother's a clairvoyant, uh, so she's entitled to forecast the future. I, I'm not saying she's a good one, but she is one. Um, so I like to say if anyone's got the right to talk about forecasting what might happen, it's got to be me, surely. But we're coming out of a pandemic. There's a lot of pent-up demand across the planet. We're just kind of getting over the dead weight of the pandemic. You know, we are disrupted by, you know, war in uh, Europe and and those kinds of issues. Uh, You know, we're concerned about what's happening with Australia-China relationships, all those kinds of things. But you then start to say, what's really going to hold hold the planet back? Are we inflation seems to be coming under control. In fact, global um, inflation indexes are actually coming down. I mean, there's a lot to like about some of those indicators. So you then start to think, what's going to be the drag on super funds? Is it anything like what we've gone through? And it's, I think the broad answer is, no, it's not. So I think there's a lot of room to be mildly optimistic. But the big issue I think we need to probably be a bit sanguine about is, is if you're a retiree, you've invested into conservative portfolios, perhaps a lot of bonds. The last couple of years, you've been getting terribly negative returns that have even been worse at equities. And so as the investment sector has got to start to probably reimagine how it allocates capital, as some of these pension funds get so large, it's not that they're taking over the markets, but they do become almost the owners of so so much wealth generation and capital generation that we've probably got to start to think about how we reallocate. that's a big issue because 40% of all superannuation right now is owned by retirees. Over the next 10 years, we're expecting that 40% to jump to 55%. That's going to profoundly change how money is managed in this country. They're much bigger drivers, uh, but underneath that, I think the economy is in good hands. Our debt position is is really well structured in Australia. We just had a I mean, we're running the biggest government's public sector surplus or the budget surplus in Australia's history, aren't we? There's, there's, there's clearly lots of money in this in, in this country. Separate separate point, and I am going into rant mode here, but a separate point is we estimate in the last 12 months almost $600 billion has flowed into Australia's wealth management sector, being managed funds, turn deposits, um, investment wraps, uh, and super funds. So it kind of, whereas that's quite a turnaround from the last couple of years. So it kind of shows that there's almost multi-speed economies out there. And again, you put all this together, it's hard to see things suddenly going into like into reverse. Well, Alex, we'll leave it there on that positive note. Thank you so much for joining and sharing those insights. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this Financial Standard podcast. For more information, visit financialstandard.com.au. Please keep in mind that the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider personal circumstances. Reliance should not be placed on any content without further independent financial research and advice. 